Good morning, good morning. Breakfast today is dedicated in loving memory of Lulu Nishmat Shoshana Batlea, sponsored by Cookie and Stanley Chira. <coughs> Rabotai, <coughs> the Pasuk tells us, Hapa'am Ode'et Amunai. Le'ah is uh, given the gift of children because HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees, Bayar Amunai ki sinua le'ah. And God saw that Le'ah was hated. Of course, it doesn't mean that Le'ah was hated. Yaakov loved Le'ah. And how do we know that? The Pasuk says, Which means that Yaakov loved Rachel also more than Le'ah, which indicates that did Yaakov love Le'ah? Of course he did, okay? <clears throat> but as compared to Rachel, Le'ah was loved less. And in marriage, to be loved less is as if a person is, feels they feel like they're hated. Because in the relationship of marriage, it's really the per, it's a feeling of all or nothing. That person in your life needs to feel like they are number one before anything, anything, anything else. Rabbi including the children. They come absolutely first. That's how it works uh, in a marriage. Now, uh, Le'ah feels this way. Sakalosh Baruch blesses her with children. There's an amazing idea that's expressed magnificently. The Pasuk says, the Gemara says that we quoted already, how come our Avot and Imahot were barren, they had trouble having children? Because God desires the Tefillah of Sadiqim. Now we know that when Yaakov met Le'ah, what happened? Le'ah was, uh, was crying. He could look at her face and it, the Pasuk tells us that, uh, that her, eyelid, her eyelashes, that many of them had fallen out because she was crying so much. Why was Le'ah crying all this time? How come Yaakov married someone that was so, so upset, so depressed, so sad? Because her whole life growing up, they knew that Yitzchak came all the way to this city to marry Rivka. Lavan's daughters, now they knew that there's two sons that Yitzchak has. They're going to come and marry the two daughters. The older one will get the older one, and the younger one will get the younger one. Right? I always had an issue with this, by the way. I don't know if anyone out there listening to the WhatsApp has uh, an answer for this. I always wondered, in, in Yaakov, in the idea of the Bechorah, last week we discovered that Yaakov bought the firstborn portion. And he gets everything that comes along with that firstborn portion. So how come Le'ah didn't think that once Yaakov got the, got the Berachot, um, what's it called, that he would get her as well, get the older daughter as well, along, shh, along with... Uh, what's it called? The the berachot and the bechorah. I never understood that. Now it could be that that's, that's, they're not. Since Yaakov took the bechorah and he took the biracha, that means that he gets the he gets the first portion. He's treated as if he is the firstborn. That's why Yitzhak says you deserve the biracha as the bechor. So if all this time Leah was so upset because she's going to go to the bechor, who should she go to now? Yaakov. She should have expected that she was now going to marry Yaakov. That's not going to make all the eyelashes grow back so fast because that only just happened. Right? And we know this, Kifisata Derek. So, immediately following the story of the Berachot, which is where the idea of Yaakov being the Bechor, you know, first, only comes to fruition. But <clears throat> how come Le'ah immediately, as soon as they found out about it, maybe she should have felt differently? So, the answer might be that it was too quick. She, she didn't find out about it on Facebook or Instagram. So, maybe she didn't know until Yaakov arrived. However, says the Pasuk something magnificent. Vayar and God saw that Le'ah was hated. Hashem at Rahma, and God opened up her womb. 
What does it mean she was hated? Because the people would say about Leah, who's she going to marry? Esav. Leah was praying all this time. Says the Pasuk, if the reason why these tzaddikim and tzaddikaniyot, they weren't able to have children is because God wants to hear their prayers, the one of them that's been praying non-stop this whole time, she's already ahead of the game. She's got money in the bank. She doesn't need to wait. So she starts to have children immediately. What's fascinating about this to me is, it tells you that you can pre-order the things that you want in your life. I never knew this until this point. Think about that, right? You know, with iPod, iPod, before it comes out, Tesla, you want this ridiculous looking Cybertruck, put down $100, as soon as it comes out, you're on the list, you get the first one. You can start paying it off already before they made them. Same thing is true as well with Tefilot. Before a tzara comes, before you need to pray to get yourself out of something, you could be ahead of the game in praying. So could you imagine how much easier it would be if we were praying when we didn't need stuff than when we prayed when we didn't need stuff. And Rabotai, I want to tell you as well, in Shamaim, it costs less when you pray that way. Why? We do pray every day. But there's, there's the regular praying of every day, but then there's also the heartfelt prayer that a person kicks it up a notch with their kavana when they could pray for things to not go wrong. So as an example, if your kid is 10 years old, you can already start praying for them to find the right nasim. Why? Because you're putting that money in the bank. A lot of people wait until the kid is 35, can't find the shiduch, and now they're crying. And I want to point this out. Those prayers are much more difficult to break through. And the reason is why? Because the amount of tefillah and zikhut required is dependent on the amount of miracle and how difficult it is for that person to find it. A 35-year-old single person is a little bit more complicated to find the shinuk for than someone who's young. They're set in their ways, they've decided exactly what they want. This person they don't like because of this, this person they don't like because of that. Do you understand? So these elements, uh, they help a person plan. They pl- I like to call it planning for retirement. Right? You want to be able to plan ahead, you start putting money in your 401k for a long time before. And you see that Rivka, but let me show you how this develops, this same storyline. Says the Pasuk, preventative prayer. Says the, uh, says the Pasuk, this time I'm going to thank Hashem. The Gemara says not only was this Le'a's first massive thanksgiving, thank you Hashem, it was the first time that someone had offered an, a, a measure of thanks to God like this in the history of the world. One more time, I'm going to read that to you. Rabbi Yohanan taught in the name of Rabbi Shimon Yochai. From the day that God created his world. There was not a person that had given thanks to God. Until Leah came along and thanked him. I think we find many expressions of acknowledgement. As an example, a person brings a korban. That's uh, acknowledging God. That's serving God. But the truest, simplest, purest expression, just to say, thank you, Hashem. Le'ah was the first one to do that. But what's fascinating is, if you look at the end of the pasuk, it says, And she stopped having children. She had kids, one after the next, after the next, four in a row. 
all of a sudden, Hapam, she says, thank you to Hashem, what happens? She stops having children. Why does she stop having children? Just because she said thank you, the opposite. That should mean that a person is going to get more. We know that when a person is grateful, they thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or even in, in, uh, in regular life, if you thank someone, the likelihood of them wanting to give you a repeat gift is much higher. You know, if then if you don't, if the person doesn't say thank you. They tell a story about this guy, my grandpa used to love this one. Tell a story about this guy whose wife hounds him every day for a whole year. She says, you never buy me gifts. This past birthday, I've had enough. I'm gonna remind you every single day this year until you buy me a birthday present. Comes a birthday present. She has a long, nice card wrapped up. She opens up the card. Inside the card it says, the bearer of this card has the right to claim one plot in a cemetery in Eretz Israel. He buys her a, a plot in the Harazetim. Okay? Anyway, the woman is like Shemaisel. This guy is never going to learn. This is the present he gets his wife for her birthday. All right. She gives up the what's it called. But she's hoping, at least now, they, she started giving, he started giving gifts. Maybe. Anyway, so the second birthday comes along and she waits till he comes in. The birthday starts. The birthday is almost over. One minute left to the 24 hours of the birthday. She says, I can't believe it. I finally got you to give me gifts. And where's my gift? He says, where's your gift? Did you use the thing I got you last year? Abutai. You know, it, it, immediately a person, if they feel like, you know, you don't want their gift. You don't want to use it. You don't want to say thank you. They don't want to give it. But over here, right? She says, thank you. The result should be that she has more children. Tell us something, which again, to me was very surprising. You know why she didn't have more children? Because she didn't ask for more. She didn't ask for more. Now, I would have thought that that's a horrible thing to do. Someone comes and they say, happy birthday. Here is a $1,000 birthday present. Here you go, $1,000. Imagine you say, thank you very much. Can I have another grand? Guy slap you in the face, take the money back. <laughs> that's what I would do. Would you? No? Same thing? Are you saying, are we agreement here? Is anyone thinking, oh, wow, he said thank you so nicely. He asked for more. Now I'm going to give him more. No one thinks that way. And the truth is, that's absolutely correct children, in the interaction. Sorry? Your children do what? And what do you say to them? What do you say to them? That's gratitude? You say that's gratitude to your child? Your kid asks you, give him a thousand dollars. The kid says, thank you, I want another thousand. What would you do in that scenario? Give me the example. Again, in that example, you give a thousand dollars to your child for the birthday. They say, thank you, dad. I want a thousand more. Go for it. Let me hear. The child says, okay, dad, could you help me with my trip? Oh, I want to go. Okay, I'll take your plane. Thank you very much. So give me a little spending money. Is that out of the realm of possibility? My answer is to you. I think a kid would say help me. And you're walking ticket, thank you. But I also need uh, uh, I think I think you change the example. No, not. Let, yeah, I'm gonna give you a proof. Because Ready? Only a child can do that. A, a, a friend can. So I'm gonna give you the example. Really, what you said is a guy you asked for a thousand dollars for the plane ticket, and then you say, Can I have some spending money? Small. How about if you say, thank you so much for sending me on this vacation to Florida. Could you also book me for next vacation another $1,000? If you ask the same amount, how do I know that that's the example? Because here she asks for a child. She doesn't ask for another child. Same amount. 
So at least we can agree that that's chutzpah. Okay. Now listen to this, because he is he is the kicker. He is the kicker. That might be true between one human being and another human being. Because I feel I'm going to give you, but you got to carry yourself. You want spending money? Go work for yourself your own money. When it comes to God, I can't do anything without Him. I can't have a little bit without Him. I can't have a lot without Him. Everything is dependent on Him. So if I say thank you and I don't ask for more, it means that I'm saying to God, thank you, Azal Baruch, I'll take it from here. What kind of thing is that? You can't, you can't say that. Now, I, there's a magnificent expression of this in the Tefillah. In the Tefillah, we say, uh, uh, in Kitob, uh, thank you, Hashem, for you are good. Your kindness is eternal. I think that even that's a proof because you're, you're looking back, but you're also looking forward. But the Sefarim bring the end of the Pasuk. The Imru, the Pasuk continues. The Imru, and we say, Hoshienu, save us, Elokeishenu, God who is our Savior. To thank your holy name, right? We carry on and we specifically ask right after the thank you. Le'ah says thank you. Hashem says, I got it. I appreciate your thank you, but you didn't ask me for more. When does Le'ah, when does Le'ah get another child? When the whole story goes with Rachel, goes down with Rachel, and then Rachel comes and she says, you know, uh, he's supposed to come to me tonight. You have the, the, the flowers. I want the flowers. They were supposed to be help her get pregnant. I want the flowers. You, you know, you have Yaakov. And, and Leah uh, gets Yaakov. She comes out to Yaakov and she says, come to me tonight. Uh, you, know, I, you know, I've done a deal with my sister in order to be able to get you here. And because of the effort that she put in to give away the thing that she had from her son, which for her was very precious, to be able to try and have children, so she illustrated, uh, what's it called, the desire to have more children, then again, HaKadosh Baruch blesses her with the next child, which is Yisachar. But I want to point out one thing about this expression of saying thank you. Why does Le'ah say thank you now? How come not with the first child, or the second, or the third? Why the fourth? Our rabbis explain that Le'ah and Rachel, they all knew that there were going to be 12 shivatim. There were going to be 12 children. 12 pillars of the Jewish nation. Yaakov is married. Is going to be married to how many women to produce those 12? Four. Do the math. How many is each one supposed to have? Three. So after, uh, uh, what's it called? After Leah has three, now she knows this one, this one is extra. Why? Because she understood the concept that she was getting extra. I think that word is everything in this conversation. When do we thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu or a parent truly? Not when we think they're doing what they have to do, but when we feel and we can experience in our life that we're getting extra. Now, the challenge though is extra compared to whom? If I look at someone in a hospital bed who's breathing his last, the next breath I take after he dies is extra. One breath. Kol anishamat hallelujah hallelujah says Chaseh Hazal al kol nishima unshima on every single breath to hallelujah hallelujah. I thank God uh, and I sing His praises. A person can feel that that breath that was extra. I was granted one more second of life. A person can feel that one more deal that's extra. Even if it's not exactly what he decided he wants his bottom line to be at the end of this month. A lot of us, where, where, do we, where are we happy if we get a bonus? 
That feeling, bonus, extra, those words, that's when we thank someone completely. If someone gives you a gift for your bar mitzvah, for your wedding, you say, oh, thank you. You're expecting it. When do you say thank you? Which guy did you say thank you to for, the, for your wedding gift? The guy that gave you more than you thought you were supposed to get. Rabutai, the challenge therefore is to reset the way we think about our world, about our health, about our children, about our parnasah. If we start to think to ourselves, Shema Yisrael, yeah, I wanted seven kids, but I have three. There are people who have none. Three whole worlds, three lines of, of a future that will come from me. Three history, three elements of history uh, that will be you know, planted in this world because of me. What a wonderful feeling that is, if a person can feel that. A person wakes up and they see that the sun shines. Did the sun have to shine today? It didn't have to shine. Yesterday I was giving a class and I noticed, you know what's so funny? I'm looking outside, how cold is it? Yes, it's very cold, right? In the morning, it's blowing, even the day, but you know, when you have the, 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 the snow. You ever look out your window, when you're in your office, you know, on your, your corner office, Be'ezat Hashem, you know, uh, uh, like they say, uh, you know, Mirz Hashem Ifnir, Be'ezat Hashem, you know, Alenu Ve'albanenu, okay? So you're sitting outside, you're looking out the window, and the sun is shining. It's freezing cold. But from the window, you can't tell if it's a summer's day, or a winter's day. You ever, ever see that? It was just the other day it was like that. You look out, because you can't see the ground. You just see the buildings, sun is shining, it's negative 10 degrees, it looks like it's in the middle of, middle of July. You know when else I have this experience? You ever get in a plane, cloudy, raining, the plane gets up, it breaks through the clouds, all of a sudden, blue skies, right, blue skies, freezing cold. The element, the concept is that a person is capable through getting in a plane and dry, go, climbing above the clouds or going into an office and looking at the same day through a plate glass window which is this thin and they can't tell if it's sunny days, right? They can't tell if it's that or if it's the middle of the winter. A little plate of glass. Rabotai, that is how little the difference is between looking at your life and feeling like your life is miserable and looking at your life and feeling like it's blue skies. That we learned from Le'ah. And once Le'ah brought that idea into this world, thank you, I have extra. How many children does Le'ah have in the end? She has six. Six extra? There's women in Williamsburg that have 16. I grew up with someone in my class, they had 21 children. Could you imagine Le'ah saying, okay, I'll say thank you, when I have 22, that's the most I heard of, right? You know, no, we don't say that. From the same, wife, the, from the same wife. From the same wife. So yeah, Bezat Hashem. <laughs> Unbelievable. And by the way, it was only it was over a span of Sammy. It was over a span of 23 years. No twins, triplets, quadruplets, sextuplets, nothing. All individual births. Basically, the woman Hazita, she was pregnant from 1970 to 1992 straight. Okay. Sorry for that wife. And he had that saying, "Sorry for the wife." I'm sorry for the insurance policy, by the way. The guy's like, "Are you serious? Is this the same family? Are they putting? Are they adopting children? What's happening here?" As many as they have, as many as a person has, like they say in Israel, Masheba. Sababa, Mashaba, Baruchaba. Okay? Bezat Hashem Hashem should send us all these wonderful berachot. But in order to get those wonderful berachot, we need to at every stage of our life feel this I just got. Wow, this is extra credit. Who gets this? Unbelievable. Fantastic. And then when a person feels that extra blessing from God, and it can be as small as a sunny day, you turn around and you say, Bore Olam, 
well, I need another day like this. Uh, you, get, you get a little bit of business. So a, a buyer who, who you have, you've been chasing calls you back. He, you, don't, you don't even close him. Just the call back itself. That's a miracle. That's a wonderful thing. Say, Hazaku Baruch, thank you, Akadosh Baruch Hu. I need another five callbacks. I need the guy to close the deal. And Be'ezad Hashem, when we operate in that way, we put money in the bank before we even need, have the need, then the tefillah goes very, very long distance and we get everything we need. Baruch Hashem, Amen, Amen.